The Icarus Complex Written, narrated and edited by Lyndon Cole Episode 2 Helen Knox was next, and as I've said before, she was Amber's best friend dating back to their childhood. Her and I only started talking because I needed help getting back together with Amber. And as the two of them pretty much lived near each other, I deluded myself into thinking that that was my way back in. So I talked to Helen, and Helen talks to Amber. It's done deal. I can only describe Helen as a cross between the girl in store and Kerry Katona in hindsight. And that's not to be mean, but she was ordinary to say the least. She was my first female friend and brutally honest with me from the start about my chances with Amber once her and I had broken up. Yet it never deterred me. You're wasting your time, Liam. She's just not interested in you. Yep, that was Helen for you. She was never one to pander to me or sugarcoat stuff. She in turn was going out with someone horrid to her, so I was often the shoulder to metaphorically cry on. I guess with any close friendship, there's a tendency for feelings to develop between one or the other or both. And soon I grew tired of Amber and the runaround and started to like Helen instead. She of course had a boyfriend and that was what stopped me from ever pursuing things with her. But it never changed how I felt. Okay, so forget Amber, but Helen, she's alright, you know. So, rather than pine, I instead sought advice and romantic guidance from someone else. Another friend and classmate called Jessica Davis. Jessica was tall and lean and quite the sporty type. Again, having seen pictures of her since, I don't really know what the attraction was because she would be well suited in an episode of Shameless or BBC's The Royal Family, although that wasn't Jessica's upbringing. She was actually a very clever girl and her parents, from what I remember, did very well for themselves. She lived about five minutes away from school and I and a few others often walked her home on the way to the bus stop. 
Jessica and I, like Helen and I previously, came quite close. And although Jessica was sought after by another close friend of mine, the difference was she was single, so there was no boyfriend baggage there. After some debating my feelings for her, I plucked up the courage and wrote her a note, telling her I liked her in Spanish during a Spanish lesson one afternoon. I know, was a creep. And shockingly for me, she wrote back and said she felt the same. I like you too. From there, things took a turn for the better. I swanned around school with an air of arrogance and an extra skip in my step. It might not seem like a big deal. After all, she'd only told me she liked me. It was hardly something to write home about. But you have to understand she was the very first girl in 11 years who liked me back. And this time, there seemed to be no ulterior motive behind it. I had my first proper admirer until an 11 year old deprived of such thus far, it felt incredible. Of course, I didn't know what being liked actually meant, and whether things would even change between us, and if so, in what capacity. I mean, after all, I had nothing to compare it with. How can you call someone your girlfriend, and be their boyfriend, if you don't know how to be one? Or what it even entails. As predicted, nothing really changed between us after that, but we kept our little lagging for each other a secret, so as not to upset anyone and keep it quiet from Helen and our gang. The closest Jessica and I had to a real relationship was holding hands as I walked her home away from the prying eyes of others. That was as good as it got for me. And to be honest, that alone was exhilarating. It was exciting. I felt brave and on top of the world. But I could truly do anything. Our secret relationship went on for about two weeks before our lips touched. So Jessica holds the milestone for being the first girl I ever kissed. I say kissed. Kissed is a very loose term. Jessica and I kissed the same way a child would probably kiss a parent goodbye. For us though, it was obviously of romantic nature. But it was down a BMX dirt trap behind her house, which was well hidden away from her parents and everyone else. So, it was anything but. I remember I felt nervous when Jessica suggested we walk a different route home to her already five minutes away house. Do you want to walk this way with me instead? I didn't initially understand her reasoning behind our detour. I was naive and young and I get the impression now that what we did was normal routine with Jessica. Considering how far behind I was in female exposure, the level of confidence she showed in taking my hand 
to lead me down that bike track. There's absolutely no way I was the first boy she'd ever kissed. When we meandered to a nice, quiet part, I looked to my left and saw an empty packet of quavers. I looked to my right and saw the sun's latest page free girl torn to shreds. Just the surroundings I pictured for my first kiss. <laughs> I shudder and laugh raucously when I think about it now. But at the time, I didn't care. I was with a girl that I liked and liked me. And she was maybe not in the same category as somebody I was before her. But she was a girl nonetheless. To make matters worse, you couldn't think of two dissimilar people terms of height trying to kiss each other I mean put it this way I had to look around and found a rather large dirt mound to step on and still had to tiptoe to ensure Jessica didn't crick her neck bending down to kiss me it was all terribly awkward and anybody on the outside looking in would have found it hilariously funny the kiss itself only lasted for a matter of seconds. Once our lips touched, we held it for what seemed like an age, made a smacking noise as if to prove to ourselves it had been done. Then I stepped down off my dirt mount and walked her home. Yep, that was it. No tongue, no passionate embrace. Or declarations of love. I love you. Nothing. I didn't, however, expect or know anything more than that, though. After all, most of the times growing up and watching the hero kiss the girl, I tended not to look. Those parts in the films never interested me. And it used to embarrass me seeing them do that in the company of my friends or family. We didn't speak about it again on the rest of the long, two-minute walk back to her house. Once she closed the door, I ran all the way to the bus stop up the road with the biggest grin on my face. I'd had my first ever kiss. It was all so exciting, so secretive, so naughty, and so out of the blue. It was like nothing I'd ever done before. And I couldn't help but think that I was the luckiest boy in the world. Yippee! I now see that was actually quite pathetic. And in fact, a measly kiss on the lips is by no means an achievement at all. But I was innocent and didn't know any better. Our sneaking around went on for a few weeks, never arousing suspicion from Helen and co. Until one day, out of the blue, Jessica felt to confide in Helen without consulting me, letting her know that we were an item. And from that moment, things went south. Helen by this time had split with her boyfriend. So the next time I saw her following Jessica's revelation, the look of heartbreak she gave me was not only disappointing, but made me feel somewhat guilty and bad. It was a look I'm not likely to ever forget because I expected her to be happy. But instead, she seemed miserable and looked down, and our friendship never really felt the same after that. 
she stopped coming to me for advice and then took it to me altogether. And that bothered me for a good while. I wasn't able to relax around Jessica. And when my friend who fancied her also found out that I'd stole her away from him, it made matters even worse, leaving me with no choice but to end it with Jessica. At least, that's what I attempted to do. But I, of course, didn't know how. How do you end something with someone that really isn't anything, but to everyone else is something? I don't know. But in the end, the best I could manage was to stop meeting Jessica before school and then talking to her completely. As I've never been one for bright, informative decisions, you can imagine my change in behaviour didn't go down too well and it resulted in her friends bombarding me with questions and demands as to why I wasn't being normal or talking to her. Why aren't you talking to Jessica? But I was a coward and couldn't bring myself to answer, as if not answering would make my situation any easier and Jessica's hurt and heartbreak any less. Unexpectedly, my sudden muteness didn't sit well with Jessica and her cronies and there were a fair few days of evil looks and consistent muttering and kissed teeth whenever I passed. But after a while, with anything that's raw and hurtful, it blew over and things regained some normality until Jessica decided she'd instead hitch up with my friend. I couldn't believe it. With everything that had happened so far, I pretty much expected Jessica not to grant him what he wanted. I mean, after all, they weren't very well suited, and the mere sight of seeing those two holding hands as he walked at home was enough to make me experience that wretched feeling of jealousy for the first time. I didn't know what to do, and I was also rather ticked off, because although he was my friend, there really was no comparison between him and I. That's not to say I thought I was amazing and deserved any girl in the world I liked. That was a self-belief I didn't possess yet. But he was gangly, with braces, and puberty had murdered his face over a dozen times. Looks clearly didn't matter to Jessica. But I do believe she only went out with him to get over me and make me jealous. Not because she actually liked him. Anyway, Amusingly, those two together were a natural disaster. And the straw that broke the camel's back came a few weeks later, because my dim friend made a somewhat inappropriate comment about Jessica's mother, to which she clearly took offence and dumped in there and then. Their breakup sparked a ridiculous chain of events, because Helen, although friends with Jessica first and foremost, chose to spend more time with us, the boys than actually sticking by her upset friend. This annoyingly meant that her and I, after months of really not speaking and being friends, had to be in each other's company. It certainly wasn't easy to start with, and neither of us liked the idea. But in time we spoke more, and soon we were back to our laughing, joking, jovial selves. I took a diversion after school one afternoon to walk her home, and when we got to the end of her road, 
we stopped to say goodbye to each other with a hug. For some reason, and to this day, I don't know what possessed me to do so, but I heard myself tell her that I liked her. I really like you. And I always had. I always have. But rather unexpectedly, Helen said she felt the same. Yeah, I really do like you too, Liam. And a feeling of relief and peace came over me because I'd put aside my secret feelings for Helen from day one, as she'd been taken. And later, because of Jessica. But for some reason that day, I had the urge to let it go and let her know. We were going out in a matter of days, once again, secretly. Again, back in year seven, aged 11, Going out with someone didn't come with the same benefits as it does when you're a lot older. So I'm unsure as to why I was so keen on doing so with these girls. The mere fact that these two girls insisted on keeping our relationship a secret should have set off alarm bells. And I did wonder if it was because they were embarrassed of me. I was, after all, one of the few black boys in that school. But then I couldn't understand what either of them had to lose if people found out. There were, however, a couple of occasions where Helen and I would walk hand in hand and the first sight of an elderly white couple, for example, she'd snatch it away almost immediately with no real explanation as to why. I see it for what it is now. I mean, it's rather obvious, but at the time, I didn't understand. Anyway... Whatever the reason for the secrecy, all in all, in the space of a few months, I'd had not only one, but two girlfriends, albeit friends to begin with. But I was unable to share this with the world. However, coming from a place where no one had ever liked me, it was good for me and my confidence. The thing is though, Helen and I didn't last that long either. After a few weeks of walking her home and giving her kisses, I'd become a pro at this by then. Things just ran their natural course. Her ex reared his ugly rat face and turned her head. And then she broke up with me. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be with you anymore. It just wasn't meant to be. And as this was the first time I'd been dumped, I was destined not to take it very well. To put things into perspective, I was an only child for 11 years, but I was by no means spoilt. A lot of things I'd ever achieved thus far, or ever wanted, I had to work really hard for. Even when I did work really hard and things didn't go my way, I wasn't phased. I didn't get upset. I didn't throw a tantrum. I never ever cried and yet something as small and insignificant as not being able to walk Helen home well that really really upset me I didn't know what was wrong with me because I was overcome with so many new emotions that it made me feel weird inside I recall being brought to tears Every time Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On came on the TV or radio. There was no reason for it. 
It wasn't as if that song had any connection to us being together. I now actually hate that song as a result. But I was youthful and adolescent. And in the space of a year at secondary school, I'd managed to get myself into a juvenile love triangle between good friends. I mean, what then 12-year-old can claim that? I got over Helen eventually. After countless letters back and forth between us, I finally got the hint and that it wasn't meant to be. I wasn't to know, however, that within a few months, it would push me into the arms of another, Jessica, again. But then saying that, it should then come as no surprise to say that things went wrong between her and I again. And before the end of year seven, I was with Helen again for a second time, and then single again, before we'd even hit year eight. Flipping out. Ah, dear. I never got involved with those two again during secondary school. Although we stayed friends. Until Jessica moved away. Like I said, she's married now. As is Helen. As I've since come to find out. Yeah. To sum up. Most childhood romances never last. And to be fair... And of course, in hindsight, I am so glad that I am living proof of that.